Hello everyone, it's Elisa, Etienne and Natalie and you are listening to Borders Cancelled. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Me Too movement. Of course, the Me Too movement is not new. However, since the movement is taking off in Greece right now, we thought that it would be a nice idea to discuss it and eventually talk about the situation in our countries too. Before we get into detail, explaining what the movement is about and what is the history behind it could be a good place to start, actually. The Me Too movement is a social movement against sexual abuse and sexual harassment towards women where people publicize allegations of sex crimes. So in order to understand what's going on with the Me Too movement right now, it's important to emphasize how it started. The start of the Me Too movement was made by Tarana Burke, who is a social activist and community organizer who began using the phrase Me Too on MySpace uh, in 2006. And the goal of it was to empower women through empathy. But the movement gained recognition and went viral 11 years later when the actress Elisa Milano went viral. She posted a tweet that says, if you have been sexually harassed or assaulted, write me too as a reply to this tweet. So many celebrities as well from Hollywood, but also from other fields um, have responded to this tweet, not only celebrities, but also regular people. And a wave of allegations quickly spread in October 2017, when the media outlets reported on sexual abuse allegations against the film producer Harvey Weinstein. And it started this whole Weinstein effect. So it started a global trend in which allegations of sexual misconduct by famous or powerful men are disclosed. And yeah, that's how the rise of the Me Too movement started. To make clear how present this problem is not only amongst the celebrities and people from the movie industry, but all over the world society, it makes sense to have the insight on some statistical data. And as you know, sexual violence takes many forms. For example, there is child sexual abuse and drug-facilitated sexual assault. However, I think that it's important to mention that, you know, sexual harassment can also come from the from people that you least expected. For instance, your intimate partner, uh, maybe a family member, a close friend, your boss or a co-worker can be your abuser too, right? Or your ex. Yeah, that's right. I guess that sometimes people take advantage of their power or the role they have in your life in order to assault you uh, somehow. Yeah, that's right. And you don't expect that from them. So as Ekin mentioned, for example, if it is your ex, it's usually someone that you have previously trusted and loved and that the person that you have been so close with could take advantage of the situation is a horrible view or a horrible scenario. I say it because in Turkey, it's, it is mostly like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very common phenomenon that their ex yes. assault their uh, ex-girlfriend. Assault, they assaulted and killed. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly they they kill their exes, mm -hmm. but I don't know before. We we can't know before what happened. Like sure. the case in the summer, right? With Pinar. Yeah, and the, after that, there were so many cases 
to mm-hmm. like every week another woman yeah it happens a lot even for example when i listen to italian news uh oftentimes it's about you know someone killing their ex because they couldn't accept being the breakup yeah Yeah, the breakup and all that stuff yeah and i think what's also horrible about it is like sometimes the person who is assaulting his or her ex is killing them and then himself or herself Mm -hmm. and then it's always considered like yeah it's it's been like a crime of passion or a crime of love or like as if they committed collective suicide but it's not like this like it's a guy who killed someone and then decided to kill himself usually to get out of responsibility and it doesn't make it any better It's also the media's fault, of course, because they don't use the right words when they cover these stories. They, mm-hmm. like, as you said, a crime of passion. What kind of passion? Yeah, Or like kind he of loved. Love. Yes. Yeah. Or they say, yeah, but he loved her, you know, and he couldn't accept the, yeah. the breakup. No, you didn't love her. Killed her. You can't love. Yeah. You can't kill someone you love. Yes. So the right word to use is feminicide if you kill a woman in this case so we should say things with their actual terms definitely there is no way to romanticize this not at all for example i found a survey that was made from the european union agency for fundamental rights the survey is from 2014 and uh, according to it One in 20 women has been raped. Um, one in three women has been sexually harassed in the worksp- uh, workplace. One in five young women between the ages of 18 to 29 has been sexually harassed online. These were some pretty alarming data. Mm, I agree. It's a lot. To be honest, what's confusing me is that only only i mean it's way too much of course but only one in five young women has been sexually harassed online while one in three women which are like more people have been sexually harassed in the workplace because Mm -hmm. as yeah from my perspective or um what what i have seen or felt so far was that people are very anonymous in the internet so for them to harass someone they, they feel safe you know they feel like nothing will happen because it's only on the internet so I'm quite surprised that um, the statistics in real life are somehow like higher than in the media life. Or maybe they didn't realize that they were sexually harassed online. That's maybe. right. Because, you know, sometimes in those online chat rooms, people talk very in a very offensive way or when they have the camera on, there are people doing very inappropriate things yeah. in front of the camera without um, asking you first. Yeah, that's right. Or like, for example, I don't know, if you weren't asked for it, and then you start sending nudes, this is also already a form of sexual harassment, I suppose, because you were not asking someone to send you this kind of content. And like, also, for example, on, let's say on Instagram or on Snapchat, I mean, you don't have a preview of the picture, like you click on it, and then you see it. It's not like there is something that would warn you, oh my gosh, don't look at this picture. Yeah. I guess so. I'm not sure. Maybe I guess that revenge porn, is it considered to be online sexual harassment? I don't know, actually. It is. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely harassment. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't know what to say about that. That's it. Yeah. Such a weird, such a weird thought to think about that someone that you have trusted so much could bring you into such trouble. And you know, when things get uploaded on the internet, it's hard, if not impossible, to take them down. Mm-hmm. So they will be there forever. Yes, it's definitely impossible because it gets viral or maybe the website doesn't take them down even though you're asking yeah. the website to take them down so or people have already saved it to their devices so i mean there's no way to control that the video will be deleted yeah. everywhere there's just no way technically yeah so yeah if we come back to talking about where the sexual assault usually happens besides the internet as we have mentioned right now Then, for example, the statistics for the United States show that more than half of sexual assault happens near the victim's home or at the victim's home, which also, again, speaks for the fact that many times it's a person who's close to you or who you already know and who you trust or some intruder. And I think if something happens inside your home, like something like this happens inside your home, it's so horrible because it you have nowhere else to go like you have to stay in that place in the future always mm-hmm. so you will all... again everything yeah. it's a trauma basically yeah. Yeah. it's horrible or like in an open and public space we see like 15% of sexual assaults happen there so in, in in such cases i always wonder like were there people around who could have done something Or is it just like at night when everything is empty and I don't know, there is no one else in the bus? I guess. Yeah, or for example, I don't know, also a certain percentage of people who is sexually assaulted near a relative's home. It's once again, like how, why, why? It's so horrible that it happens in places where you should feel safe. Like this should be the place where you feel understood, appreciated, safe. And then stuff like this happens. I agree. And then also considering the fact that most of the people who have to live with sexual assault are women and more than half of them are at a very young, like not a very young age, but let's say like from 18 to 35 or something like this. Maybe they still don't have so much, I don't know, experience in life and they feel like, for example, old men who are like wealthy or more powerful like the women automatically feel as if they are somehow like in in the hierarchy they're like hierarchy i don't know they're like beneath mm-hmm. them yeah they think that they they have no power to i don't know protect their rights mm-hmm. but they can so i think we're all quite happy that something like the me too movement exists that people get to use their voice and to speak up so as we already spoke about it initially The hashtag MeToo started in 2006. All this wave of MeToo hashtags on Twitter started on uh, in 2017. Um, so this has been now like approximately three and a half or four years ago. And Elisa already yeah, g- gave us a short <laughs> teaser that um, things in Greece are still going right now or have just started going. Would you like to tell us about that? Yeah, so basically the news in Greece right now are kind of overwhelming since around, I don't know, the end of January maybe. You know, of course, we knew about the Me Too movement even when it was a global thing. But let's say that the Greek version of it is starting now. 
But how did it start? Former Olympic champion Sofia Becatoru revealed that she had been sexually assaulted by an executive of the Hellenic Sailing Federation, and her powerful testimony eventually prompted a Me Too movement in Greek sport. So more and more athletes began going public with experiences of sexual harassment and abuse using the hashtag Metisofia, which translates to on Sophia's side. Not just sport, though. Now more and more actors and actresses are speaking up about it, revealing many more similar cases in the entertainment industry, but not only. So it's kind of really taking off right now. And it's like the hot, if I can call it so, the hot topic of the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any questions. I have a really good question. Yes. How a human does this to another one? You want us to answer this question? Because I think <laughs> we have a, a lack of psychological knowledge for that. I really wondered too. It would be interesting to know, but I guess if someone does it, there's something wrong. Yeah, that's right. I, I think it is important to keep in mind that it's like this kind of victim blaming that we see oftentimes on yeah. the media or wherever yeah uh, we should not give in to this because that's just a way to try and make things easy you know to blame it on the vict victim and be like yeah they they asked for it or they were behaving in a certain way well no it's not like this and i understand like that everyone has some kind of feelings or sexual interests or whatever i understand it completely but there is a huge border between thinking something and finding someone attractive and actually mm. going and taking away their sexual their sexual dignity from them something completely different because like you can think whatever you like in your head like okay it, it, if it would be something not uh, misogynistic and more or less <laughs> progressive it would be better but whatever think whatever you like but don't go and be an intruder into someone else's privacy or freedom it's just not fair And since you're talking about uh, the victim blaming and all that stuff, I saw a lot of comments, even Greek comments, but not only. They're like, okay, but why are you reporting it 20 years later or whatever? It doesn't matter when you report. I mean, you have to, to do it when you're ready. It's, it's yes. a very sensitive topic and it's not easy to talk about it because when you talk about it, it's okay. I, I didn't experience it, so I cannot explain how they feel but I, f I guess that it's kind of like remembering everything again which it's a nightmare yeah you're trying to forget it not to keep talking about it and remembering what happened yeah exactly and especially okay first of all it's obviously just hard to talk about it but second of all if you know that there is a problem with victim blaming and you know that people are going to ask questions and maybe not be supportive of you you know they will be like yeah you asked for it or why didn't you try to run away or why didn't you try to do this and that and oh no you were drunk so it's your fault so people know about that and they know that not everyone will support them and, and they have to go through this hell longer and longer and nevertheless yeah. it's like impressive how people find the strength to speak about those things and even after 20 years it's still hard but as, as long as you as you come forward it's always helping others i suppose mm -hmm. 
In Turkey, there was a case that the judge asked a victim that why didn't you say no? If you didn't say no, we can accept it as a rape. And if we are sweet, I mean rapist, they they get, if he's going to jail 20 years, if they were sued, they will go 10 years. I don't know. Or something like that. The kind of like professionality of them <laughs> or like their appearance. Yeah. Yeah, I think But... that's a huge thing that we become also so used to the daily sexual, like maybe not necessarily violence because I wouldn't, for, for myself, I have never gone through such horrible things. And of course I can't speak like for everyone, but I think we are all pretty sure that in our daily life, there is a lot of misogynistic stuff and a lot of men who think that behaving in a certain way is socially acceptable when it shouldn't be. And we get used to it. So sometimes it's even hard to recognize that something is not okay. For example, even you get sent nudes or some other inappropriate stuff. Like oftentimes we don't consider it to be sexual assault or sexual harassment because it's something that happens so often and like, yeah, you're not being touched physically or whatever, but it is part of it. It's like, it's a huge, it's kind of like a pyramid scheme, you know, it's like at the bottom, there's like those small things, but those small things give people who are wanting to be violent more power and more confidence to do what they want to do. That's the issue, that the system is supporting this. Yeah, that's why it, it is still happening in Turkey, because if they had a punishment, it wouldn't be that much. And at some point, you start thinking that, yeah, maybe I'm the problem, you know, because they keep telling you things like, yeah, but you were wearing this or you know that it's not safe to go there etc maybe you start thinking that it's your fault but it's actually not it's not my responsibility and it's not woman's responsibility to control mind like you can't yeah. even if you wear so closed clothes i mean if they want to do that they will it's not about woman it's about men it's about the mind yeah yes I remember there was some kind of exhibition somewhere, uh, I don't know in which country, that it showed what were the victims wearing when they were sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. And none of them, or almost none of them, were wearing provocative, like stereotypically provocative clothes. That's the thing, the, the clothes are not the problem, or the fact that you're drinking, not, none of these are the problem. The problem is only the abuser. I agree. We had a video on some TV show where they showed this exhibition also and many other things uh, related to this topic. Also, basically, what, what do we consider as like provocative? It's also just like a standard that the society gives us. Like no one says that naturally, because nature made it that way, men feel provoked if I wear a short skirt. It's just something about like sexualizing everything. I mean, like if, yeah. if we look at nature, like basically we are like born naked, you know, it's not like <laughs> you are necessarily, it, it has something to do with, with being sexual or something it's just like the way you are yes like it means nothing yeah it's meat come yeah. on 
Yeah. Yeah. Can you see that it's sexy? It's not. Yeah, so, 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 so at least like in in the kind of like nature, and then there are like society standards created what is sexy, what is not, and then people feel like this gives them the the power or the confidence to somehow harass someone because they're wearing a short skirt. But like it doesn't happen because of the short skirt. It happens because of the rapists. It doesn't. I, I I swear this makes me so mad because also you know like this this whole thing of for example you are not allowed to wear certain things somewhere like in school or in university or something because the man will be distracted from learning like sounds like a personal problem to me you know it's yeah. like, it yeah. doesn't sound like something that's my fault yeah. as if women cannot get distracted by what they are attracted to yeah it's good that the me too movement is kind of at least in greece right now it's a way to do some progress or take more initiatives in this topic for example there are more and more organizations that talk about these issues and in my university there is a student organization that strives for equality gender equality feminism and all that stuff they do a lot of presentations uh, seminars and stuff like that regarding this topic and that's very good because they talk openly about this topic and they let victims talk to if they they feel comfortable about it also i think it's the faculty of arts in athens they have like let's call it a platform they have a platform where you can submit like allegations for mm -hmm. if some if we are a victim or you can tell them or you can tell the one at my university so i think uh it's very good that young people are so keen to help in this yeah that's wonderful that there are such kind of organizations because they they don't get anything out of it you know it's not like they're being paid for it i think it's like something they do for free and um yeah it's it's so nice to see that there are people willing to help even if they don't know the victims personally for example yeah, exactly and As if sport and entertainment was not enough. We have the Me Too rising at university also because there have been some cases mm -hmm. between students and professors that happens too, which is also very horrible. Usually it's not on the level of rape, but yeah, you know, maybe some a teacher was not gonna pass a student, so he or she, usually he was asking for more. Yeah, yeah, I see. And that's also part of those whole discussion. What is consent, I suppose? Because like, Consent is not only, for example, if you say I didn't give consent, it doesn't necessarily mean that you were like screaming, no, don't do it. But as well, it's not consent when you are somehow like forced to do it or when you are, I don't know, when there is like someone is using their powerful position. For example, in Germany, we had this movement, which at the end resulted in a law that has been passed in 2016, where it's called no means no, basically without consent. If, if you uh, have sex with someone without them consenting, it's considered rape, whether they were drunk or took drugs or, for example, the situation that we have just described. It is rape. I think that it's a very big step towards speaking about which kind of sexual harassment are considered really sexual harassment and that's like not necessarily consent. Non-consent means that you are saying 
no there is like other forms how you can we also we also have this law but it took effect in 2019 so a little later what about turkey uh, kin do you have a law about it i don't think so because i search about it i guess there is no constant in turkish constitution because it is changing for cases i guess but i didn't understand it it is so confusing in turkey because they say that it's a sexual harassment sexual abuse but the abuser didn't get any punishment so it feels like so confusing mm-hmm. so if it's in there i don't think i don't think it's in there but they don't care I so you don't have a specific people. law about sexual assault no there, there's no specific law there is a different way to treat every case i see but maybe let's just hope that in the future there will be more ways to to speak up about this i hope that it can at least be renewed but we'll see and as you said of course these things can happen to men as well not just women so it's always good to remember that because i feel like it's hard for for men to speak up about it too also because of the stereotypes how society is they have to look strong amnesty international has analyzed 31 countries from europe and can you believe that only 12 of them have uh, laws that define rape as sex without consent just 12 of them oh wow and those countries are belgium croatia cyprus denmark germany and greece Iceland, Ireland, Luxembourg, Malta, Sweden and the UK. Okay. Somehow I was expecting that all of the Scandinavian countries would have it because I I tend to think that they are more progressive than maybe other parts, but um yeah. Maybe they don't have sexual assault that much. Maybe they're so they're... progressive that they don't need this law because nothing happens. Yeah. I guess no. not. But I hope that... Or maybe they have a different law. Maybe they, I mean, maybe there is a law that says that, okay, rape is illegal. But do what do they co- define rape as? Yeah. Maybe that's where we don't agree. Mm-hmm. Because I think in Lithuania, when I talked with my friend from Lithuania, she said that, if I'm not mistaken, she said that rape is illegal. But what do they consider rape? Do yeah. they consider sex without consent rape? Maybe not. Not yet. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that's what's happening in Turkey. They don't consider mm-hmm. rape as a without consent and I mean if we think about it for example in Germany we had okay I I don't know when this law was dropped but for a long time there was a law when like rape in a marriage was not considered a rape like it's basically your duty as a woman if you're married to a man then like you have to give him whatever sexual favors yeah like if it happens inside marriage it's not considered a rape like now obviously it's it's not like this thank you but um for a long long time it was so that also shows that like the definition of what is rape can be or what a sexual assault can be so different depending on the circumstances i have an answer if a woman says if a man says doesn't matter if a person says no it means rape <laughs> just yeah it, it it doesn't matter in inside or outside if he or she feels that says that it's a rape come yeah. on we know that to have the yes. laws can't can't yeah. decide it 
or if they can't say yes somehow like you mm. can see them that they're so awkward about it or maybe yeah. they're drunk or maybe i don't know there are many versions of the story mm. uh, let's say if it's not uh, an enthusiastic yes then it's yeah, no that then it's a no yeah so me too has received quite a lot of backlash because of this issue you know like what do you consider assault what do you consider rape because um of course let's say the rapists or the perpetrators in general they are now kind of like i i don't know like scared or they're like not willing to change their behavior because like what the hell i was doing this all the time now i'm not allowed to do it anymore yeah but like the, the point is it shouldn't have come so far in the first place you know we shouldn't have grown into a society where such things are normal and it's not like now the options of what you can do are being cut short obviously it, it's hard you know like you were allowed to do something now you're not it's hard i understand but the point is it shouldn't have been allowed and tolerated in the first place that's what i think and of course i understand the argument with wrongful accusations because i i know for myself that i wouldn't do it but of course all people are different all yeah women are different and of course it's it's not like i can't imagine someone wrongfully accusing but i think you have to go through such a huge amount of uh, i don't know bureaucracy and police work and it's still an accusation doesn't mean that you're guilty like if you're not guilty then probably hopefully the police or the court will say that you're not guilty if if you have uh, i don't know like proof for that so Yeah, an accusation doesn't necessarily mean that you are already in prison or something. I saw many comments. They say, oh, we cannot do anything anymore. We cannot flirt. But the thing is, if you cannot distinguish flirting with being, uh, I don't know, inappropriate, yes, inappropriate, then that's a problem if you can dis- distinguish these two things. For me, a huge part of the Me Too movement, or let's say this movement of um, women's rights in general, it doesn't consist of like blaming people for past mistakes. Of course, it's uh, it's very important to take them to responsibility for that, obviously. But for me, a huge part is about educating further generations and young people who are young now to edu- educate them about how to treat women how to i mean how to treat people in general let's say it like this how to be respectful and how not to invade someone's privacy or freedom or whatever so um for me this is an even bigger part because of course you can't change what happened in the past but you can influence how people will behave and how they will respect each other in the future there's still progress to be done That's right. But I mean, it's happening. Like there is already progress happening in this direction. Of course, we, we, I mean, we speak about a lot of problems, but I think it's also great to see that there are laws being passed to to support the movement. There are donations to legal defense funds and there are organizations who help the victims. It's uh, all very good developments. That's true. And we hope that this will continue like this. It's nice to see that people are taking action and let's see how things will evolve in the near future. For example, I also found a short statistic um, about especially Germany, where they asked people, I think it was from 2018, how the Me Too movement has impacted their life or the society. 
And okay, pretty many of the people said that it didn't change at all, but a little bit more than a fourth of the, the people said that it brought positive changes. So this is at least also good to see and let's hope that it continues this way. So let's support the Me Too movement and let's support victims of such cases. We're all in this together. <laughs> yes. And remember to educate yourself and to speak to others. And it's, I think an important part is also if you see someone who doesn't realize that they're behaving inappropriately or that their comments are shameful or hurtful, speak up to them. I mean, of course, I understand that sometimes you may be scared, but for example, especially for men, I think if, if you are a man and you are respecting women and you are treating everyone respectfully and you see that someone else doesn't, for example, a friend of yours, then just tell them. You don't have to accuse them and be aggressive or something. Just tell them like, hey, have you thought about your behavior? Maybe it's not so appropriate. I think together we can bring a lot of change, especially for the future. So mm -hmm. education is key and questioning of your behavior is key. And remember that no means no. No means no. No means no. So we hope that you found this episode informative. And to not miss our future episodes, follow us on Instagram at borderscancelledpod, where you can reach us. As well as at our email, borderscancelled at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks. 